and welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Thanks for joining us today. And joining us now, Agoro Carbon Alliance agronomist John Pullis is with us. John, good to catch up with you, sir. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. Thanks for the time. Let's talk about carbon farming, especially you know in the northern climates, uh, is one area of focus that we want to take a look at here today. You know, and the whole story around carbon, carbon farming. I know this is something that a lot of growers are still they're still trying to understand and get used to. Uh, so maybe just start there. What are some of the latest things you're hearing, you know, when it comes to carbon farming and and what are some of the maybe the biggest questions that you're getting from from growers across the region? Yeah, I know when I started in this space about a year ago, there was still probably I think they figured one to two percent of growers that maybe were participating in carbon markets yet. And I think that's as expanded as time has gone on. There's been more players in the arena as well, but there's been more offerings or more variety too. So growers that maybe had a, an issue with one aspect of a program could maybe find another program that fit them better. And so that's really what we're seeing, continued education. Early on, a lot of what we were discussing with growers is what is a carbon market? You know, what is carbon? How are we measuring it? A lot of those basics. And, and honestly, that those discussions still go on as growers get interested in, and look at, you know, possibly signing up, they're wanting to maybe understand the the science behind it, the, the ideas behind it, and kind of the business model behind it, too. That's another aspect that I think sometimes people overlook and, and say, hey, you know, as long as I'm getting paid, I don't really care where it's going to. But a lot of times growers are saying, I want to know who's buying these carbon credits or what they're being used for and what I'm participating in. Well, John, more on the agronomics side, if uh, growers are participating or are looking to participate, what are some recommendations? What are some tips if we think about, you know, especially across the northern tier, shorter growing seasons, cooler soil temps in some cases, et cetera, et cetera. What are some different practices that you know you would recommend from, from an agronomic standpoint to, if someone's getting involved more with carbon sequestration or is already kind of started? So, yeah, there's a variety of practices, you know, they fall under, a, you know, a number of names, whether that's regenerative ag or conservation ag or, you know, carbon farming. A lot of these are, are talking about mostly the same practices. Two of the ones that usually get the headlines are, are no-till and cover cropping. Um, again, you know, because we're in northern climates, sometimes that idea of going no-till, um, guys have had, you know, issues or heard horror stories maybe about some of the, the problems with going no-till. And so, a lot of times I'll even begin the discussion of, you know, what, what if we looked at something like strip tillage? What if we looked at, you know, something that doesn't, it doesn't get you all the way to no-till, but at least is looking at reducing your tillage. Um, and, and that provides a whole host of opportunities, right? Like where you're reducing the amount of tillage, you're disturbing the soil less, maybe less deep, less often. Um, and then, you know, that can counteract some of those, you know, early ideas of maybe we're having issues with the cold soils here in the north warming up in the spring in order to, to get to planting. I, you know, I, I don't like to put off planting any longer than you have to. And, and so if, if we can do something like strip tillage as a step approach to, to reduce tillage, um, that, that's a lot of times a good way to get growers interested in some of these practices. Um, in the north, like you said, we, we just have less warming, you know, warming units or, or growing degree days. And, and so a lot of these windows for some of these practices can sometimes be shorter and so being on top of that is always important and, and knowing maybe how to adapt some of these practices to fit in the North. I think that that goes a long way to making sure you're successful 
with adopting some of these practices. Yeah, to me, it sounds like maybe a bit of a combination between finding, you know, kind of finding that middle ground, a combination between things that work in the North, but also trying some of these new practices and trying to find that happy medium, John. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, strip tillage is one that, you know, more and more growers in our area, at least in, in Michigan, are having more success with it or, or trying it out. And, and what they're really seeing is, is, you know, a combination of savings, whether they're being able to ban their fertilizer within that strip. You know, they're, they're seeing lots of uh, efficiencies and, and fertilizer in that way and reducing their fertilizer costs. And like anybody looking at fertilizer costs this spring, I mean, that doesn't take much to go a long way to to save a lot of money doing that. Um, the other aspect is, you know, weed control. If we're looking at, you know, strip strip tillage versus, you know, full tillage passes, a lot of times, you know, we're having more and more resistant weeds here in, in the north as well. You know, we, we used to always associate that with southern climates. You know, the south has more of these resistant weeds. Well, they're making their way up to us and, and we see more and more every year. And so, again, any of these practices that maybe uh, reduce the amount of uh, weed competition or, or suppress some of the weeds that are coming up. That goes a long way too to you know increase the efficiency or increase the increase the uh, productivity of our soils. John, a little more on cover crops. If if I'm looking at using certain cover crops for carbon sequestration, am I waiting until I harvest my crop, or am I looking maybe at you know aerial seeding or things like that before harvest? Uh, what are some recommendations there? Yeah, I can remember 20 years ago here in Michigan that, you know, there was a lot of discussion of, hey, cover crops just don't maybe have a good fit for me because, you know, we have a shorter window after harvest, right? We don't have 10 weeks of, of nice growing conditions after corn harvest, maybe even after some later variety of soybean harvest, you know, I that just, just doesn't have a fit for us. And so what we're seeing is growers, you know, obviously always have this adaptability, right? The the ingenuity of, of farmers is, is always so amazing to me that any challenge there seems to be, you know, a solution to. I, I had a, a, a machine, um, agricultural machinery guy say to me the other day or um, that, you know, there's a million uh, equipment solutions to every agronomic problem. And of course, I took that as kind of an insult, right? I don't want a machine solution. I want an agronomic solution. But at the same time, the idea behind it was that, you know, you can use your machinery or adapt it to do a lot of different things in, in your operation to make some of these things work. Well, John, fantastic stuff. Any other uh, final thoughts you have for us before we uh, run out of time here today? No, I mean, like I said, there, there's always, you know, adapting a lot of these practices to your operation, your specific operation, whether that be corn, soybeans, and wheat, or looking at those specialty crops, you know, that we have in Michigan and in Minnesota and the Dakotas, you know, sugar beets and sunflowers and other operations like that, that goes a long way to making these practices more adaptable and making them fit into your operation a lot better than trying to make everything a cookie cutter approach. Well, John, I'm sure if folks want to learn more, they could contact uh, an Agoro Carbon Alliance agronomist such as yourself or a representative from Agoro or go online, agorocarbonalliance.com. I'm sure those would all be great ways, wouldn't they? Yeah, definitely. Like I said, we have agronomists kind of all across the country. We have a lot of on-the-ground experience to be able to provide some technical support and, you know, help growers with this transition rather than go it alone. Well, with that, John Poulos with Agoro Carbon Alliance. I appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us today and catching us up on, on all things carbon sequestration. We appreciate it. I appreciate it, Jesse. Take care. This has been American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.